Everybody, welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. As always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro-outro music. Go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, anywhere you stream our podcasts like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. You can find our boys JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror. Great song. They have tons of others. Make sure to go give them some love and check them out. Evan, back recording again. It's good good to get that second episode in of the week. We have a pretty, pretty full docket of stuff, too, as we're planning out the show. You know, at first, I'm like, hmm, is this is going to be a little light show. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at these headlines and. You know, we're we're about to touch on a lot of topics. So uh, if you're just a fan of sports in general, you're about to you're good chance we're probably talking about your favorite sport today. Yeah, the only uh, the only kind of area as usual that uh, we disappoint is the NHL, and you know just give us some time, folks. Eventually, we'll we'll find a way to to get in there. Uh, just kidding, not really. I don't I don't anticipate getting into the NHL anytime I was about to say, soon. I was like, you know, well, right. that that comes down to the time when we eventually have you know, the ability to like bring guests on and stuff. That's where we get the NHL fixes. We just bring it's, somebody who knows the NHL onto the show. Well, what I always say about the NHL too, is what literally it's a stereotypical thing, which is like, man, I can't watch it on TV, but going in person is probably the coolest thing. Like, and it is, it is awesome. But I just, you know, it's a Dom. I'm a Southern boy. And uh, you're not, but but I, I don't think they're playing a ton of hockey in Syracuse either. So um, I, I, I couldn't speak for sure. But uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. You know, meet yep. us where we're at, uh, you know, all the different like Marie Kondo, Netflix stuff. Um, you know, we, we we're, we're, we're staying in our wheelhouse, man. We're, we're, we're because the thing is, is that we get them recording and it seems like bombs drop every single time. It doesn't even feel like we can get done for more than five minutes before there's like something we should have been talking about on the podcast that drops. And in this case, it's Tyreek Hill. Boom. Uh, Jesus Christ, dude! What the? I mean, I there were it, it felt like literally there was like a report from Rappaport that said uh, Tyree Kill is in negotiations for a contract talk, and then maybe twenty minutes later, Tyree Kill has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's like, it's I, just I, like, like we didn't even get time to process it. I was like, okay, look, at it, and like I maybe took. You're right, like. 15 minutes to like look at like the situations and the Jets and the Dolphins when we kind of figured out because I think Schefter first came out and and when the Tyreek news first broke very quickly Schefter was like okay hey Jets Dolphins finalist so I'm like okay so as I'm kind of looking at both teams to make my you know to try to make my educated guess I was already leaning towards the Dolphins because there's a little bit better of a situation there than it is in New York so it came into fruition, but yeah, it just spiraled so quickly, you know, and, and no sooner or later am I looking at the depth chart, the quarterback room, stuff like that, Miami and New York, Schefter comes out, drops a bomb, Tyree Kill is going to the Miami Dolphins on a four-year, hundred and what, $60 million contract, I think they just finalized that out today. Yep. 
Oh, great. That's um. I mean, that 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 now makes him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Move over, Devontae. Oh, yeah. He said, "Hey, Devontae Adams, suck my nuts." It's done. I uh, I I think it's a. I think the deal makes sense. You know, I mean, Tyreek's one of those guys that you know it's a, a shorter deal is like probably truly what you want just because. You know, don't get twisted. Tyreek's fantastic. You know, really great player overall. But you know, it, the concern of when you're not running four two four three anymore, what what are you? You know, like, and you know, as he gets older, he might not have the career longevity that maybe certain other receivers or certain other players can pull off. So I actually like to steal a lot for the for the Dolphins. And I mean, the Dolphins. I mean, that's a that's a shot across the bow saying, yeah, we're we're trying to win the AFC East this year at the very least ensure a playoff spot you know I mean and um I mean with Mike McDaniel as their coach you know coming off from uh coming from uh San Francisco you know is has a lot of experience utilizing Debo Samuel in really fun ways and you know and 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 knows kind of how to balance a rushing and a passing tack that doesn't put a ton of pressure on his quarterback like Tua you know I mean I really do think that they're building something very very special there right now um, and, you know, and that's kind of the reports that have been coming, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it was uh, Jeremy Fowler yesterday who was basically saying it was like, you know, in all my years of covering the Dolphins, I haven't seen the organization kind of moving in lockstep like this. Um, yeah, but I've also seen quite a few players, you know, have come across the into the media and have, you know, sung the praises of Mike McDaniels, calling him a, quote, genius from one report that we got in there, too. So, I mean, it, listen, and I'm going to be a little spiteful because the Dolphins are a rival team of mine that I do not like. But, like, yeah, when you're at rock bottom, if you take out the rock and you're still at the bottom, it's better than what you had before. So, you know, like, I, I guess everything's going to be better because you couldn't get much worse from, from where you were. You know, the New York Jets could say the same thing. So, I mean, yeah, it's it, it 100% puts – you know, Buffalo on a little bit of like, hey, like, this isn't going to be the, the, the cakewalk that we all thought it was. But, I mean, I'm not I'm not concerned about Miami taking the AFC's crowd anytime soon. But, given the fact, I think you are right in saying that the way Flores got the team to make that late playoff push last year, you have to believe that, okay, Miami knows that they can at least get a playoff spot as a wild card. Maybe one of that 6-7 spot. And I, I think... I, if, if, if it comes into fruition the way we all kind of think this talent will gel, then, yeah, I think that's very much obtainable. But just know, too, that the Dolphins had to make this move because the AFC is just an absolute monster this year. I mean, yeah, this is, is true. It's, it, it's, it's, it's put your squad together, get ready to go, or you're, you're done. Like, if you are the New York Jets, you're done. <laughs> there's, no, yeah. there's no hope. No, I mean, that is that – is the- I mean, honest to God, truth, I guess the Jets, you know, I mean, they'll probably look at next year as the year to really load up because they've made a few signings this year, but right. they have not added to that team, you know, well, quite and honestly, on the level. Yeah, the, the, the Patriots can kind of, like, yeah, I know the Patriots have done some smaller things here, and I'm looking at their transaction list right now, but even, so, you know, they're, the, the Patriots have kind of been pushed off to the curb here a little bit because their big-name signings, you know, really happened last offseason when you got uh, Hunter, Hunter Henry, um, 
uh, Janu Smith, and, and you know, you you you've, I think they just re-signed uh, McCourty to a deal too. Since yeah, they he's did. Coming back, so you know, like the the Patriots have been doing it a little bit quieter, and you're always going to have to you know tip your cap and respect a Bill Belichick coach team. But it, it it is it is funny to see some of these older perennial powers be a little bit quieter, you know, in the way the AFC shaping out. Yeah, no question, and I mean, you know, it's it, when when we were watching the Dolphins last year. What the 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 thing that was clear was that that defense was good enough to to get to the playoffs. You know, they were a playoff caliber defense. The offense obviously needed work. I mean, that's what they're doing, man. I mean, they go sign, you know, what like I think it's two different starting offensive linemen. You go sign a number one receiver. I mean, geez, you know, him and Jalen Waddle. And Cedric Wilson, I, I want to say that that's an underrated signing on their part. Is uh, Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys? That's a that's a good look for them. I mean, they, you know, you, you know, we we'll have to see it to believe it with the Dolphins. You know, they they've got to prove right. it. But but at the end of the day, I mean, right now on paper, things are looking nice. So. Uh, well, that leads uh, me. That kind of leads my next question. I'll I'll lead this off with you, Ev, because I have some thoughts on this as well. Is who do you, you know, the? It, it's the most overly used question when everybody has, and you get this because you know the Jags have been very active in more recent years, and maybe say the Bills have. But the 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 question always is is like who won the trade? Who do you think won this trade? I, I don't know if there is that argument. I think I think there can be, but I think both sides have have their 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 wins that they get out of this deal. But if you, you, you can see this from my perspective, from the, the neutral side of things is who do you think got the better deal is Miami getting Tyreek or the chiefs getting you know, two first round picks uh, and, and some 2023 futures. Well, so uh, what I would say is this, it's important to remember where, you know, the dolphins are coming from. The dolphins just traded out, of the, uh, of the of the draft last year, so that the 49ers could go get Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance, and they packaged. Uh, I think they got two first round picks because of that uh, in both years. So, or, or three total first round picks, two mm-hmm. last year, one one this year. They got the 49ers pick this year, so they were able to trade that 49ers pick and their second round pick for uh, for you know Tyreek. The way I see it, man, I mean. You essentially have just traded, you know, a bonus pick you weren't expecting to ever have in the first place, and then a second round pick, and then next year, and, and you know, there's a fourth this year, and a fourth next year, and a sixth next year. Mm-hmm. The fourth and sixth next year are not even on my mind, bro. No, those, absolutely those, not. Those don't even really, even the fourth this year really doesn't count. Day three picks, you know, I mean, don't be wrong, you can go get a decent player in the fourth round, but, um, you know, really at the end of the day, it's, those aren't, and from there it becomes, do you think two? You know, do you think a first and a second is worth it? Absolutely. I mean, I would much rather have Tyree killed than you know. Don't get me wrong, because the thing is too is I believe yeah. So the the they have it's the the 49ers first round pick. So it's pick number twenty nine, dude. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, all those dudes were going to be Jamison Williams. All those guys were going to be off the board by twenty nine. They mm. absolutely were. So you can either go get kind of your pick of the. You know your your kind of second wave of receivers, the guys like Sky Moore or maybe a um, a you know a, a George Pickens from Georgia, but now instead you're like okay we have a proven number one receiver, you know, and, and we've invested elsewhere. Our team is pretty much built. Like I mean, in a lot of ways 
that team doesn't have too many more areas that are like needs, you know what I mean, to address. Right. So, so it feels like maybe they got their cornerstone of the offense, like their 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 big player that they can lean on. Kind of so, like example like a Stephon Diggs and Buffalo. Bingo. So my point being is that the the Dolphins definitely didn't lose the trade. That being said, I don't really think the Chiefs did either. Yep. The Chiefs kind of needed to to you know something had to give when it came to all the different you know stars they have on that team and contracts and stuff. Tyree Kill's contract, you know, that's that's the one that that they said, you know what, we're you know, they they obviously had negotiations, but clearly Tyreek wanted too much money. They said, okay, if that's the case, we'll deal you. And now, you know, they they don't have to worry about paying Tyreek. They can go take a you know a receiver in the draft that they want to, mm-hmm. and you know, and, kind of. And give we them know s- there's plenty of receiver talent as well to get in this draft. Absolutely. I mean, I think the Chiefs have two first round picks now, right? I mean, I believe that's the case. So. I mean, they are they are now in a spot where, you know, they they can they it's they instead of having the inevitable point in the Patrick Mahomes ten year contract where they have to be like, okay, well this is the rebuild year where we have to save money and kind of cut people and understand that we're gonna have dead cap and all that stuff. Now it's like, okay, well we're gonna be able to continue loading up. Like we're just gonna be kind of smooth in our process. So. I, uh, well, and, I think, and the the Chiefs do also have some capital to work with on a trade. You know, you now have yeah. some draft picks that you can shuffle around if you are interested in going after a wide receiver that's already on a team that you just may, maybe don't see uh, uh, coming up in the draft. You now have something to work with. Not to mention too that Patrick Mahomes is you know what we consider Patrick Mahomes to be is a guy that. You know, you can roll Demarcus Robinson out there, and Demarcus Robinson's going to go for a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, like that is what Patrick Mahomes is supposed to do—is not just throw dimes, but to improve the guys around him, and he does that very well. You know, I think you know that the Dolphins definitely benefit more from having Tyreek into his position than the Chiefs do from having Patrick Mahomes in that position. So, um, you know, I don't think anyone really lost, but. I think this was, if anything, you know, this was kind of the over-the-top move that the Dolphins, you know, probably were, weren't, weren't even thinking was going to be on the table. I mean, who knows? Maybe they knew Tyreek and, and the Chiefs were, you know, that was that was coming to a head and, and what have you. But really, I think the Dolphins more so were like, okay, so we can go in the win-now mode right now. Let's go do it. You know, let's 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 throw it down. Um, so... Yeah, man. I mean, it's a it's a blockbuster of a trade as, as you know, in any other year, this would probably be or in a lot of years, this would be the biggest trade of the year. But in reality, in this year, it's like, who cares? Well, and, and, I mean, and you said it last episode. I mean, this this year's free agency period has been one of the most fun and entertaining and, and honestly, big blockbuster after blockbuster to happen. It, it also just goes to, again, to a point I think I made about two episodes ago when we were first getting into the first wave of, uh, of free agency is the 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 balanced level of and disparity of talent around the NFL now and especially in the AFC you can say it for the NFC as well it, it's it, it kind of goes along with the point I was going to make with Kansas City is it's very nice to see that there is going to be a widespread talent I mean you could be looking at an AFC that could be having ten to maybe twelve teams above five hundred and some and I don't I don't know if mathematically that's going to be possible but I mean the the AFC West is going to beat the shit out of each other. The AFC South is uh, is is to be seen because I think there's just been a lot of moving parts. Um, it's bad. It's still bad. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, uh, the, but the, now the AFC East isn't this. I don't think it's necessarily a runaway for Buffalo anymore. I think it's it's more just theirs to lose. But they're also going to have to now 
play against a competitive Miami team. Uh, and, and then the the AFC North is obviously just going to be the AFC North when you consider uh, that you've got Mitch Trubisky versus Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow. So the AFC North is going to do AFC North shit and beat up on each other. I just like the fact that we're seeing a widespread of talent that's going to make for I don't I, I I guess more balanced football, less top to bottom, you know, more less disparity between the top teams in the AFC and uh, the, the the bottom teams there. So I I'm excited for that, and I guess when it comes down to Tyreek, <clears throat> kind of along the same boat as you. My my only concern for Kansas City is I want to know what exactly they do with all these draft picks, these capitals, because we also know that they have to address some issues on the defensive side of the football as well. And I know they they have. They have gone out and, and signed a couple guys, done some transactions, even early on in free agency to, to kind of alleviate that. But there is there, – there, there, excuse you. There is some uh, – Sorry is, about that. No, you're fine. That's absolutely it's, – it's allergy season here in Florida. But there is some, some – um, I don't know. There, there are some concerns that I still feel like the, the Chiefs needed to address on the defensive side of the ball, so I'm wondering what they end up doing with that. But in the same token, again, they have now – the ability to go out and put someone next to Juju. You still have Travis Kelsey. I mean, the dude's a fucking touchdown machine. Like you said, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, like guys who thrive under what Patrick Mahomes does. It's a win. It, it's it's a win-win. But I I put a little bit more concern for the Chiefs, and I think the Dolphins got the better of it because they got Tyree Kill. Even, like you said, maybe the four-year deal is about the limit of what Tyreek brings, but you know just as well as I do, Ev, is that the next season or two, Tyreek is going to do Tyreek shit. And, and, and I'll tell you what, as a Buffalo fan, I go back to that divisional round game, man. I mean, <laughs> Brandon Bean said it after the game. He said, hey, someone tell me how you can find out if where I can get me a Tyree kill. Well, Bean, you had your chance, but obviously we just weren't in the position to spend that kind of money to bring in Tyree kill. But nonetheless, Tyree kill is in the, the Buffalo Bills' division, and I will have to go against Tyree kill twice a season. I, 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 I'm, I'm not that excited. I'm going to tell you that. I'm not that happy about it. Right. Well, what I was going to say, too, was that uh... – you know, I mean, it's like for Bills fans, right? It's like, oh, great, we don't have to deal with Tyree Kill on the Chiefs anymore. And it's like, oh, great, now we have to deal with them, you know, two more times a season. But that um, also but, makes me think, though, it's like, is Tua going to be the quarterback that can make Tyreek as lethal as he was in Kansas City? Well, I don't think so. I think Tyreek's numbers will take like a, a not a significant, but a bump, you know, in terms of just like they just won't be as uh, as plentiful as some of his best years in Kansas City. That being said, you know, with Tua, I mean, I know this this is this is Alabama biased or whatever you want to say. I still believe that, you know, any year this year could be when he just, you know, he, he clicks, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's still got his injury issues. He's still, yeah, he's got a little bit of a pop gun arm, but I mean, in terms of what he's good at, you know, he, he, he's very good at it. And, and, you know, it, now that he's in a system that I truly feel like, again, it kind of caters to, you know, it catered to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, 
I, I genuinely think that you know this this is this could just it could be less about what the quarterback and receiver do for each other, but what the scheme does for each other. Right. And and it, I do think it's interesting what you brought up about like so the Chiefs have areas they need to address because you're right. Like the Chiefs got worse with this trade. Like don't get me wrong. Like depending on how they use the picks, they you know it can absolutely be worth the investment. But right now the Chiefs are worse. Don't get it twisted. They lost one of their star players. But it's a matter of okay, so. You know, where? how do you reinvest and, you know, do some of the smaller signings the Chiefs have made? You know, I mean, we could also still see them kind of make some big moves. You know what I mean? Like, now that they've got some cap space freed up, some 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 area freed up, I mean, there's still some guys out there that could improve that defense and offense. I mean, Bobby Wagner is still lurking, you know. Yeah. That dude that, still doesn't that have a be, team. That would be a great addition to Kansas City. They, I mean, they could they could use that. Um, I also think the Cowboys could use that, but uh, that's besides the point. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's it's one of the most interesting trades because you know, for example, with Devontae, right? That was like clearly like you know, uh, well, you know, the the contract issues, blah blah this, blah blah that. I don't know how you know that that it, it feels kind of similar to this Tyreek deal, but this Tyreek deal, I don't know. There's a different vibe to it because I don't know. The Dolphins and the Raiders feel like they're in different positions. Dolphins feel like they just went from not really a playoff team to a playoff team. The Raiders felt like a playoff team that went to like maybe an ASC contender with Devontae, depending on how that goes. So, yeah, man, it is heating the fuck up. Yeah, the AFC specifically is oof. Well, it's like you said. If if Tua can't get it to click with Mike McDaniel, I don't. I don't know. What it's else not gonna. It's there. really I, I not gonna. I don't happen. know what else is there for Tua. But I am. I too am a little interested to see because you you bring up the fact that he got a system that catered to Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like anybody, if you can get Jimmy Garoppolo to give you some, you know, give get you to a Super Bowl, give you the production, then I feel like if Tua stays healthy, he's uh, he's good enough that he you could see him. Take the <clears throat> t- take a step in his role and 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 kind of come into his own to give the Dolphins this offensive boost that it quite frankly hasn't had in a long long time. Really, honestly, since Fitz yeah. was there, or even the early days of Brian Tannehill. Well, I mean, the Dolphins are. I mean, it. You know, they've made the the play the the, the playoffs a few times in a row. You know, or not in a row, but it, you know, over the course of what the past two decades, really. But I mean, damn, dude, our entire lifespan has kind of been the Dolphins being trash. I mean, a I, lot I, of yeah. There, there was a. You were right because there was a moment. I think it was like 2010, 2011. The Dolphins won the division, I believe, in back-to-back years, or won the division. Then Brady tore the ACL. Card. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Jets were also in the mix, too, because that was also hilarious as a Bills fan to watch, like, the Jets and the Dolphins get their chance to shine, and the Bills were like, yeah, we're going to win four games. Like, we have Trent Edwards. <laughs> so I, I, I remember Jeez, those... I haven't thought about Trent Edwards in a while. Oh, duh. Um, I, I, I have to. I think about him often, and it's sad. Every day. Um, no, I, uh, that's, that is, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not as bad as the Jaguars. Don't get twisted. I'm not trying to say they're that inept. But, yeah, the Dolphins haven't had, you know, a, a really, really kind of bright outlook Look, kind of a you know a, a scenario where it feels like they might be set up for a few years um, in, in a while. So you know I'm kind of happy for them. Kind of like you know well, it's still wait and see mode though. You know I I want them to do well. I'm or you know well enough I guess. But yeah. but at the same time it's uh it's it's you know it's remained to be seen because I like McDaniel a lot, man. But he is 34. I mean this is his first head coaching job. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL for one total season. Right. So you know there's still a lot of proving he has to do. But uh Absolutely. but yeah the Dolphins are exciting. The Dolphins are fun. 
and just like real life Dolphins. I'll take and, things, uh, I'll take things I didn't think I was going to say about the 2022 NFL season for a thousand, Alex. Please. Yeah. Hey, you uh, you take it when you can get it, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, go. Uh, cheers to my Florida brethren. Salute, salute to all the the Dolphins. I actually have a couple buddies who are Dolphins fans who were hitting me up yesterday. Or like, get ready, get ready, Buffalo. It's fucking over. You're. T- hope you enjoyed being at the top. I'm like, nah. I'm still gonna enjoy it. I'm a very happy man right now. Do you know who my quarterback is? I'm. I'm fucking. I'm pumped. I'm very. My quarterback very is the guy who couldn't score a touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's uh, it's we, we don't talk about that though. We don't. We, we they weren't ready. They weren't ready. But hey, actually, speaking of Jacksonville, let's let's get off the topic of Bills versus Jacksonville because I'd rather not think about that day. Uh, Chiefs wide receivers, they could be looking at uh, a guy who who maybe we knew wasn't going to stick around the Jaguars very long. Eva Lavisca Chenault, possibly one of the targets that the Chiefs could go after at wide receiver, maybe. Yeah, that's uh that re- that's starting to get up some some steam. That rumor, especially, I wouldn't say there's anybody reporting it yet. That makes me go, um, yeah, oh, this is happening. Like Jordan Schultz is like the most prominent person uh, who who has kind of been been floating that, and he's pretty hit or miss. So, uh, but I mean, it does make sense. The Jags do, you know, I mean, they signed Zay Jones, they signed uh, Christian Kirk. You know, they it kind of you know it kind of feels like okay, you know. LaVisca is now receiver number four at best. He may even be receiver number five in some scenarios. So I think uh, I think I think it is probably likely that he is dealt or cut before the end of this before the end of the offseason. Um, and I don't mind. I mean, I feel bad for him because, you know, he, he kind of showed some some flashes of like really exciting stuff in uh, in the you know rookie season in 2020. 2020. But in 2021, man, I mean, I don't know if it was Urban Meyer or Trevor Lawrence or what it was, but just, I mean, his drop rate was absurdly bad and his body language, like he looked like he just didn't want to be there at any point in time, which, hey, if I was playing for Urban Meyer, I could, I'd probably feel the same way. Um, fair. So That's a fair point. Par- part of me doesn't want to get rid of him because I'm like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, he, he's still kind of different from everything else that we have. But to be honest with you, he's not that different. And, you know, is is kind of my family whenever we've discussed it. I mean, Travis Etienne and LaVisca Chenault feel like the same player that play different positions technically. And you could just have them play both. You right. could just have you could just have Etienne run routes on top of being, you know, a, a running back. So Well, and if you if gun to your head scenario, right, for Jags fans, like would you rather have Etienne or LaVisca Chenault on your roster if you had to pick? Well, we don't know what we are, what we're gonna get out of Etienne. We do know that Chenault is just fine. He's just okay. Mm-hmm. At least for us, that's what it is. You know, the Chiefs will trade for him, and he'll become the new Tyree Kill. He'll just go for you know a billion yards every year because that's how all Jags players, you know, <laughs> that all, when they leave, they just go ball out. Um, but it's uh, so. I mean, we'll see. I, I I'm kind of if you had asked me in January, hey, the Chiefs want to trade for Lavisca Chenault, I would have said, yeah, deal him for a six rounder. I don't give two shits. But right now, with Doug Peterson coming in, with the kind of change in vibe, I don't know if it would necessarily be the smartest place to to cash out for a late day three pick. You know, if the Chiefs come to him and say, hey, we'll give you a third. I mean, shit, like, you know, fucking deal them you know, right away. But, you know, if, if they come and they say, we'll give you a seventh, you know, maybe just keep them around. You know, you could do worse than having LaVisca as your number four receiver. Um, so, 
kind of an interesting spot, but I mean, I do think he would thrive in that Kansas City offense if he gets over there. I mean, of course he would, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, you, have, they, you have got that Patrick fucking Mahomes throwing to you. I feel like I feel like me and you, Ev, could somehow manage 500 yards and like couple touchdowns if we were on Kansas. City. Oh, absolutely. We would definitely be wide receiver number sixes, number fives, um, in there. <laughs> so, but uh, so you know, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he stays or goes. But he's kind of I don't know. He kind of feels. Um, how to put this? He does not feel vital to the Jaguars project at all, at all. So if he goes, or, if he goes or stays, it's not like it's not a big deal. Yeah, understandable. Uh, and then I guess a, another person, just since we're keeping track of things here, um, seeing thrown around, throwing the old pigskin around. He is as the as the kids now say a days. He hasn't done it in front of any NFL reps, which is what Evan you enlightened me to before we started uh, recording here. But Colin Kaepernick continues to. Uh, you know, get active and, and, and start putting some video out there. He's been throwing to Tyler Lockett. He, he was up in Seattle, um, I think, just yesterday. So, you know, there's there's the chance that – are we seeing Colin Kaepernick come on to an NFL roster? Is it are, – are, are, are we having this conversation maybe two years past its time? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – he's, he's 34, you know, I mean, he's 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 getting up there. He's running out of time. He says he's in the best shape of his life, or his agent does. Which, I mean, you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's his agent. You know, they they, they have a reason to say that. But the same um, that also says that five other teams have been, you know, have in been contact out to him. Yep. So, you know, and I mean, looking at the videos, it does look like he's in great shape. I mean, it doesn't he, you know, I mean, he doesn't look like he's not in NFL shape. I'll say that much. Like, I, you know, maybe there's details that people are noticing. They're like, oh, no, he's got a ways to go. But like for me personally, yeah, he looks the part. And, you know, he's throwing to Tyler Lockett. He's throwing to uh, uh, res- like uh, receivers in Houston and in New Orleans. Like he's kind of just touring the country right now, getting tape, throwing the dudes, you know, kind of trying to mount it while he can't mount the comeback while he can. Um, I mean, you know, I, I've always had this stance. I think I've said it on the podcast before. Uh, you know, Kaepernick is good enough to be a backup in the NFL, like at the bare minimum. So whether you think he's a starter or not is, you know, we can debate that. But at the very least, it, it is still wild that, you know, Kaepernick never, ever had a backup or third string, you know, job in the NFL. It's, I mean, to me, that's the proof that he truly was blacklisted. And, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, I mean, there's all these teams looking for quarterbacks right now that, you know, and he's not really, you know, like you said, the agent says they've been getting calls and stuff. I mean, I, I need to see that to believe that. Right. You know, so it's, uh, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's clear if, if Colin Kaepernick gets himself onto an NFL roster, it's, it's probably, it's not going to be a starting job right off the bat. No, I, absolutely not. And, yeah. and, 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 but it, it'll be something where at least, even if he comes in as maybe the third string, you're looking for just some added depth in the quarterback room, you're getting another eye of somebody who has played in a Super Bowl, almost won a Super Bowl. And I, 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 I think in a world, and my view on this is a little misconstrued because I, like what we talked about last episode, what I feel the biggest value for Von Miller coming to the Buffalo Bills, right? Colin Kaepernick, I know he's been out of the league for a little for for a little bit of time now, but he still brings in a plethora of experience into a quarterback room for a young guy. You know, like I I I, I e example, right? Miami, like what Mike McDaniel brought Colin Kaepernick on as the third string second string quarterback and just gave Tua another set of eyes to learn from. I, I, I'm just trying to think of a young quarterback situation that's still learning some things. I don't know if it would work if, if Jacksonville could be on that list as well. But there's 
I think there's value in Colin Kaepernick that goes beyond of just him suiting up and, and stepping onto a football field. Oh, I there's something absolutely. Oh, I mean, Dom, if you sign Colin Kaepernick, you're gonna he's going to go without question. I mean, I would bet a billion on, well, like, I would bet everything. I would take out loans to place this bet that <laughs> if you sign Colin Kaepernick, his jersey for your team will become the number one selling jersey within 20, 48 hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is with it is without question. Like, it is, it is so, so automatic. I mean, everyone I know that, like, was supportive of that stuff still thinks, oh, if Kaepernick signs somewhere, I'll cop the – doesn't matter where. You know, Kaepernick could sign with the Dolphins. I'll cop a Dolphins jersey, whatever. But the only thing is this. I mean, it's still a six-year gap. I mean, dude last played in 2016 season. I mean, we are still talking – you know, that is a long, long, long time mm-hmm. to not be playing. And then the other factor you have to – you know, you have to think about that, you know – I, you know, I am supportive of Kaepernick. I'm supportive of all the stuff, and, and it's shitty what's happened to him. But it is important to remember that Kaepernick is not trying to come back on the veteran minimum. You know, that has kind of been a, a reoccurring thing with him. Like, for example, when the, uh, I think it was the a- or the a- a- AAF and the XFL approached him, mm-hmm. both times he basically told the team, basically both times he told the league, uh, you got to pay me $20 million a year. Like, yeah. I mean... Which you know those leagues aren't going to be able to play that, and no fucking NFL team is going to pay that for a backup, no matter how many jerseys he, he sells. Yeah. So no, that's a, so, that's a, that's a good point too. So point. and and you know what? Like Kaepernick knows his worth. He knows that if a team signs him, they're going to make a ton of money off jersey sales. They're going to make a ton of money off public publicity. People are going to go to games just to see him there. But at the same time, you know, it's that's not how the NFL works. That's not how salary works in the league. And and so if he wants to come back, he's going to have to come back for, yeah, 2 to $3 million or something like that. And even that's a lot of money for a backup, man. I mean, even then you're, like, really saying. So it it's like what you're saying. It has to be the right fit. It has to be a Miami where it's, there's a real chance he could play. I mean, Carolina would make sense. If they don't get a, res- if they don't get a quarterback this year, Atlanta. you know, I mean, Atlanta, yeah. Oof. Atlanta, that would be – that would be uh, very buck wild. I'm I'm in Atlanta right now, and just thinking about you know all the Kaepernick jerseys you would see all over and the that, place, and, mm-hmm. the, and, and the fresh black and red red uh, uh, tinted jerseys. That'd be that'd be a hot commodity. That'd be a oh very, absolutely that'd be a very would. tough jersey, not for any fan to be like, ooh, this looks fresh. Yeah, for yeah. sure, seven to four. Um, uh, but but uh, so yeah, man. I mean, it's an interesting deal. I don't think if you had to, if I, if you had to, you know, put a gun to my head and say, is Kaepernick getting on a team this season? Is Kaepernick ever going to play in the NFL again? At this point in time, I'm unfortunately saying no. I mean, I want to see Kaepernick get another shot, but I think it's no. Um, do I think that this is probably his best last chance? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this is probably it. Yeah, no. When you when you consider the age, when you consider the 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 timeline of just him being so you know removed from the sport of football competitively, it, it all starts to add up. It's something that you want to see. I think I think a lot of NFL fans who uh, are, you know feel that way about Colin and just want to see that opportunity come about. But it has to be the right opportunity for both parties, and that opportunity, like you said, just it, it, it may it may never come. It just it really might never come. So, unfortunately. We'll have to see there. Uh, Evan needs to go get a drink of water, which is a great yeah, time. Yeah, Which is a great time for us to send it to the gas grab. But when we come back, we've got a, a loaded second half of, of stuff to get to. So don't worry, non-NFL fans. We are going to get into a lot of NBA, some college basketball, a little soccer, and even some baseball. A lot of stuff to get to, so stick with us. 
Down and Out returns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half down and out is underway. We begin with the NBA. Folks, final two weeks of the NBA regular season is here. It's a must-win situation for a lot of teams that are in those 7 through 10 spots in the standings. There's also some must-win scenarios for teams at the top who need to protect their second, third, and fourth seeds and in fear of having to move down and, and uh, not getting a favorable homestand in the opening round of the playoffs. But we'll start with, again, one of those teams I preferenced who finds themselves in a must-win scenario to just get into the play-in tournament. That's the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, are we surprised that they're here? It's it's happened. They're here. But they uh, went on a two-game win streak, feeling good about ourselves, that all of a sudden we dropped one last night, and now we are just a half a game above the Pelicans for the uh, ninth spot in the Western Conference. The Pelicans sitting 10, and we're only two games up on the San Antonio Spurs, who sit 11th, who are chomping at the bit to get into the play-in tournament. Uh, listen, I- I've said it all season long, it feels like. I-, I think the Lakers find a way to survive and get themselves in the play-in tournament. And if that's the case, then all hell breaks loose. It's just it's good to be in the play-in tournament because you get yourself a chance to be in the playoffs. But nonetheless, am I am I a little concerned? Uh, yeah, because the Spurs have won two in a row. The Spurs beat the Lakers pretty handedly last week. And the Pelicans don't seem to be this al- annoying little brother. Which, mind you, the Pelicans are chock full of former Los Angeles Lakers players who find themselves on the Pelicans are chopping at the bit to take that ninth spot away from them. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not content, but I'm not panicking. I'm, I'm nervous with a little bit of sweat, and I'm kind of doing that thing, you know, like when someone has to, like, pull their collar away from their neck. I've been doing that a lot lately, and that's kind of where my mental state is uh, because the Lakers are, are doing this thing where we're just going to tease their fans all year long because we can't play defense. We'll score 112 points a game, but yet we can't hold teams under 115, it feels like, so... Uh, it's just uh, it's it's been a tough year, and I just need us to get in the playoffs because anything can fucking happen. Get in the playoffs, get the play-in tournament done, and then we'll go probably lose to the Suns in in four games in the first round or some shit. It's a it feels like that's the recipe of what's going on with with the Lakers right now, and uh, it's 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 stinky. It's very very stinky. 
Well, what I think is pretty funny about the the whole situation too is that, you know, let's say the Lakers do maintain the nine spot. That means they get to play the Clippers to open up uh, in the play-in tournament, which mm-hmm. is just very funny that it's like, oh yeah, here we go. Clippers and Lakers meeting in the postseason. But well, and, well, and it's they're funny both... too because it won't even be, it's not even a road game for any of them, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like meeting in the postseason, just like everyone expected and they're they've got a combined like win percentage of 450 and like they're both like limping you know i mean so it's a you know and but that's like you said dom i mean with with lebron with the lakers just get there and you know you win that first series if you win that first series against the suns i mean it it, that speaks for itself right i mean it from there it's like oh whatever i don't think the lakers will do that Uh but if there was ever a play-in team to do it the lakers are the only one you could possibly consider you know, they're the only one that you could look at of the t- the T Wolves, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Pelicans, and be like, yeah, that team could beat a number one or a number two. You know, that yeah, that I team mean, could well, do. It. Any team that has LeBron James, you can make that argument because playoff right. playoff LeBron is like playoff Lenny. <laughs> yeah, it's, and they're different, en- yeah. different entities. This uh, is shout true. Out, shout out to my love for Leonard Fournette for comparing because someone's gonna be like, did Dom just fucking compare LeBron James to Leonard Fournette in the playoffs? And you're goddamn right, I did. You're fucking in Leonard Fournette, we believe, baby. Uh, but no, I it, 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 that that's what makes me not like panic and lose my mind. But w- what sucks is just having to like. Like in, in, the, the inevitable is going to happen is that the Lakers are going to have to push and make all these this effort to get themselves even into the play in tournament. But when it, if we get ourselves out of that tournament, Ev, I, like we're we're going to go against the Suns or the red hot Grizzlies, and I I don't like either of those chances. <laughs> I I can't even bet on my own team at that point in time. So it, it's going to be a quick departure for us. It's just how quickly do do Lakers put the dagger in their fans' heart. That's what it kind of yeah. feels like. Well, would you, in that case, if that's how you feel, then would you prefer them to lose in the play-in or to win the play-in and then, and then you know, lose to the Suns? I honestly would rather just them win. I'd, I'd rather them win the play-in and just lose to the Suns because that way I don't have to hear people like, the fucking Lakers couldn't even win the play-in with all this tail and LeBron and AD. I just I don't want to hear that compiled on. I'd rather, I'd rather we get to the Suns where it's like, oh, well, I mean, what did you expect? Like, yeah, yeah no, that's an honorable, honorable exit, I guess. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and like you said, even if it's not the Suns, I mean, the Grizz are fucking moving right now, dude. They are, they are really, really consistent, too. I mean, the 25 and 10 at home, 25 and 13 on the road. I mean, it doesn't really matter where they're playing, you know, they're, they're, they're up for the challenge. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly just nice to see like Ja having fun and to see like, you know, the team around Ja being like, you know, good enough to, to kind of, you know, elevate his play as well. And, and so that is, uh, that's encouraging. Meanwhile, Golden State kind of, you know, kind of struggling a little bit, you know I mean? They, they is struggling for, you know, a team that's going to end up as like the three seed, you know, but, but they, uh, they're, they're five and five in their last 10, but they've been dealing with injury issues. You know, Steph's been in and out of injury. Clay is still like, you know, even though he's back to hundred percent, he's like reaggravated other things. Jacob Wiseman's still not playing or James Wiseman, excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they beat the Bulls last night, though, to, to put it in perspective. They're having these issues. They beat the Bulls by a lot, and they did not have Draymond, Steph Curry, or Clay Thompson last night. 
I call that the uh, Steve. I call that the Steve Kerr effect. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just don't. They every game they play tough. So, uh, or excuse me, not the Bulls, but the uh, the Heat. Um, excuse me. Well, on that. even well, a, that, that proves your point even more. I mean, that's. Uh, but also, do remember? Uh, I guess one thing we'd even put on the the sheet here is funny. Uh, the, the the Warriors and Steve Kerr beat the Heat so bad that Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra all got into a fight. Yeah, I totally forgot about. Scuffle? Yeah, I saw that video. Yeah, so basically the video that it, for anyone who hasn't caught it, you know, Jimmy Butler is like. You can't tell me, like, you can kind of hear him say, he's like, you can't tell me what to do if you can't beat my ass. And then Eric Spolcher goes, you want me to fucking fight you? Like, he, like you can clearly hear that. And and then Udonis Haslam starts leaning over, gray beard, you know, granddaddy, granddaddy yeah. Haslam. He's like, <laughs> he, he, he literally just goes, like, he says, like, probably ten times. He goes, I'll beat your ass. I'll beat your ass. <laughs> and... And uh, so, yeah, I mean, sounds like a little tension in Miami, but I mean, that's Jimmy Butler. Like, I wouldn't even take, I wouldn't read too much into that. And no. already, and already, like, I mean, the Heat literally, I mean, they're, you know, they're number one in the fucking Eastern they're, Conference. Like, it's like twenty-one games above five hundred. Like, thing, things are going well in South Beach. I, I, I yeah. like you. I would not read into that. So don't don't overhype or get bummed out about a situation that doesn't need to be overhyped. That being said, you know. Heat starting five, which there was no, uh, there was no, uh, hero, you know, heroes out right now, but you know, he's 35, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, Demarcus Robinson, Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Warriors starting five last night, Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, Kyle Looney, Jordan Poole, and, uh, uh, Mark Moses Moody. That was their fucking starting five and they beat the bulls by 14. So, Andrew I mean, Wiggins MVP question mark. I mean, he has played okay for for the for the Warriors, but but and you know, I mean, the Warriors have like a very top to bottom solid team because like if that's your backup starting five, that's still pretty good. Like Jordan Poole is a very good player, and and Jonathan Kaminga is also very very good. But uh, I mean, they they don't even have their stars right now, and they're still able to kind of win these games. So I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into the Warriors losing games either. But you know, I, I follow a lot of Bay Area media people, and they're kind of like, man, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, like. This team is still very good, but there are, you know, there's, they're, they're, they're kind of limping into, into playoff times. So, well, and, and, um, and, and like you said, it's very tough for people to get maybe to feel the confidence about Golden State limping their way in the playoffs because the Suns have just never, they've never turned it off. Like that, the Suns are the Suns. They, they, they have this, this demeanor, this aura about them, and they are the real deal. And they, they haven't faltered really once this season. And not to mention, too, I mean, like, the, the rise of a guy like Desmond Bain, too, in Memphis to compliment Ja has been really, really fun to watch the last 20-plus games or so. And he's actually finally getting the recognition that he he's deserved in Memphis. But it's it's uh, this is the time of the season where it's not good to have any, any bad juju around you. So hopefully the Warriors get a little bit healthier, but it's – the West is not the conference to go limping into. That's for sure. No, it's not. No, it is not, Dom. And uh, you know, I mean, there's a there's a couple other players. So you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, the Jazz and the Mavs and the Nuggets. You know, those are solid teams. So you can't really fully discredit them. But it does feel like we're starting to see the power gaps in between. You know, the various teams in the West. Meanwhile, in the East, you know, it's still just a fucking four horse race. It's just it's Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Boston. Chicago's also kind of right there. They're only. You know, three game, three three games back of second through fourth, and four and a half behind uh, the Heat. I mean, it is uh, it is still heating up over there. And meanwhile, my fucking Atlanta Hawks are just you know trying to 
trying to get there. They they pretty much have locked up the ten spot, but I I don't know. It's it, I'm the Hawks and the Lakers kind of feel like in the same spot where it's like, yeah, we're gonna get to the play in. It'd be nice to go win a couple games, but you know we're we're kind of uh, in, in, inevitably when we have to match up against the Heat or the the Sixers or fucking the Bucks or the Celtics, whoever it may be, it's it, it feels pretty feels pretty lifeless at that point. But to the to the Hawks' credit, you know why I wanted to bring up Atlanta because I know one, I know it's kind of your your default NBA team, Ev, but two, they did a lot in these last twenty ish plus games to help solidify that 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 ten spot and help pretty much almost put control of the play in tournament in their control, kind of at their own discretion here. And because that hasn't been the case all season with Atlanta, we've seen them go on some pretty good highs and some pretty rock-bottom lows. And we both were in St. Augustine last year watching the Hawks play in the the NBA playoffs. They're kind of one of those teams, much like the Lakers, where you don't necessarily really want to deal with Trey Young when it matters because he has proven that he can be that guy when the situation arises. Well, they're going to play tough, and then, you know, from there it becomes, you know, do do the, you know, does does Trey Young go for 40? Does Trey Young go for 40, and does the rest of the team play pretty solid defense? Yeah, you're going to have a tough time, like, mm-hmm. every every single game. I mean, they, uh, you know, I, I feel for the Hawks in some ways because, you know, they, they signed Gallinari, and he really hasn't been quite the the player that, that he was in in, in, uh, in, in OKC. And Kyle, Kyle, Kevin Hooter is not, like, quite what he was last year either. But those are two guys that if they get hot and they're making threes, I mean, we're going to be they're, – they're going to be in a fine spot, you know. I mean, it's uh, – it's they, they aren't the best team, you know, obviously. Like, you know, I mean, that's that's clear to say they're kind of playing in some ways. Some people might even say that what they're doing right now is really actually how good that team is, you know, right. top to bottom. But, uh, you know, that's kind of what happened last year was that they felt like they overachieved a little bit. And then if anything, they like double overachieved in the playoffs. They could do that again this year. That's kind of the hope. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a ton of hope there. It's mostly just, all right, you know, just get to the playoffs. Don't embarrass, you know, yourselves and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll move on with our lives. Um, you know, Dom, uh, of those four East teams, you know, at the top, the Heat, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics, who do you like the most? Are you, for me, it's between the Heat and the Sixers. You know, I mean, the Bucks are the defending champs, but for me personally, the Sixers are the, to me the team to beat in the East still. It's. I think it's just kind of the 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 who like who's hot who's hot right now syndrome. What are you doing for me right now? And it it, it is the Sixers for me too, just because. This team has kind of seen a, a reignition of itself with the addition of James Harden, and they seem to be taking care of business, climbing their way back into this top, you know, to, uh, a top spot, competing for the top overall seed in the East as well. I just, th- I also think for the long term, it's th- they're a little bit set up better to play these more meaningful games when it comes playoff time. But uh, we go back to, and I'll even include the Bulls and the Cavs, honestly, the first top six teams in there. I'll tell you what, though, those top six teams in the Eastern Conference, I, I like, I, I don't, I, if any of them make an Eastern Conference final, I will not call it a Cinderella run. So I, I think there's a lot of balance at the top of the East. That being said, it is definitely my my expert opinion that the Sixers are very much the top team, regardless of where they, they sit in the standings right now in terms of who is the the team to beat in that Eastern Conference. It's it's got to be Philadelphia, and not 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 to like 
to unfortunately not create a an uh, I guess not creating an argument between us, but no, it's okay to agree. It, it's hard. It's hard not to look at Philadelphia and be like, yeah, this is this is a team that has everything clicking for them at the right moment because they do. I, I, that's just the truth. So, and, and, and you know, I guess Boston with five games in a row, but like I said, Philly just has the personnel that makes me think, yeah, they're they're ready for the long term haul that is the NBA playoffs. Yeah, Boston and Milwaukee had the hot hands, but but I just feel like yeah, the Sixers and the Heat are still kind of the 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 best all around teams in the East. But I mean, you know, the fucking Brooklyn Nets, man, they're 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 kind of like the Lakers, where they're they're in that playing tournament and you know they're kind of just lurking and thinking. And yeah, the thing with the Nets too, Ev, is that the mask mandate's finally done, so Kyrie's going to be able to play at home in in Brooklyn now. So I I I, I have to imagine that's going to be it's going to be pretty beneficial. Got to be pretty beneficial, considering the fact that Brooklyn is twenty-two and sixteen on the road and only sixteen and nineteen at home. Who doesn't play at home for them? Kyrie Irving, who plays yeah. on the road. Kyrie Irving. So uh, it's I, I I I I love the East because there's so much more room in these final two weeks or so for movement. And yeah, the the, the Nets could. I mean, they were there at one point until they had a, a, a monumental falling off the cliff moment. But, yeah, you definitely have to put some respect on Brooklyn as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking of unvaccinated New York players, here's a baseball segue. Oh, I like that. Aaron Judge, also part of that mandate, uh, going to be able to play at home for the Yankees at the start of the season. And, uh, you know, Aaron Judge plays in the AL. He plays for the New York Yankees. And as we get geared up for, you know, and baseball is back, folks. I don't know if you heard, because we only have two weeks till opening day, Dom. We have two weeks till opening day. Got it. I think I think it's officially time to start previewing. You know, I mean, there's still going to be free agency moves or or I mean, uh, trades and different things, but things have started to slow down pretty considerably. Uh, you know, in 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 that in that realm, and now we kind of get to 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 really start thinking. Yeah, who's uh who's 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 you know. Who 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 do you got at the top of the AL, Dom? I know it for you. It's number one. It's the Angels, of course. Yeah, that's not even a fucking question. It, it's done. We're, I mean, we we drafted twenty pitchers. You know, there's got to be a gem in there somewhere, right? Um, you, you know, it's it's been fun to see the the Angels' offense kind of have an explosion a little bit during spring training. Uh, that was until apparently we couldn't do anything against the Padres last night. So that was that was a little deflating. Uh, I definitely was riding a big high, and the Padres humbled my ass with a three nothing shutout. So that was fun. Uh, listen, uh, top of the AL, we talked. I think we mentioned it last episode. One has got to be the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox have assembled a staff that is that's pretty fucking scary. Uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the the Red Sox as as my number one overall team in the AL. Uh, I'll throw Houston at number two. I still think they're the team in the West to beat right now, uh, even with the loss of Correa. Uh, I think there's still enough key additions that come back. And I'm gonna be a little, you know, I'm I'm put I'm gonna put the Angels as my honorable mention just to get my fandom in there, but also because I don't want to waste a spot on them. I actually have a lot of uh, a, a lot of appreciation for the Chicago White Sox. I think this yeah. is the year where they, they run away with the AL Central, and they're showing some good signs right now in spring training. They're kind of my under-the-radar team that a lot of people just don't think because I think the Cubs take so much attention away in Chicago. But watch out for the White Sox, folks. Uh, I mean, they're... Tony Tony Larusa's got the got the White Sox playing like his old uh, you know his old St. Louis squads and it, it, they're going to be a fun team to watch. So Red Sox, Houston, Chicago White Sox. 
right there. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. I think uh, I think that's a, a pretty good three, and it's not that far from mine. Um, because at my top of my list, I also had the Boston Red Sox. Um, the you know the big question mark with the Red Sox is pitching, um, but that is something they figured out over the course of this the the last season. And Chris Sale is going to miss opening day by uh, all reports, but it sounds like he should be back before the end of April. So what he's missing, you know, maybe two or three total starts, not a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you with the Red Sox at the top. Now that being said, my number two is actually the Chicago White Sox. I'm I'm going up a one. Okay. I think. I think uh, I think they are still just. I mean, they they you know they they lose Rodon, they 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 lose a couple pieces here and there. But really though, I mean, they are still like a really just solid team. Fantastic fucking Jesus Christ! This the the pitching staff is just. I mean, between Dylan Cease, Garrett Crochet, Lucas Giolito, Liam Hendricks, Dallas Kukul, Craig Kimbrell, Michael Kopech. I mean, Lance Lynn. I mean, you know, these are those are a lot of relief pitchers. But I mean. Good lord, you know, Ronaldo Lopez is a pretty solid dude. Can throw some heat. I mean, there's Joe Kelly joined that that bullpen as well. They're, they've got to me still the best bullpen in the in the MLB. And then on top of that, I mean, you've got these, you know, Yasmani Grandal is is a you know fantastic catcher. You still got Yerman. Your mean might come back. You never know, yeah. man. Uh, and and not to mention Tim Anderson, you know, he's in the prime yeah. of his career. And I, I he had a break, not a breakout year, but he had a pretty big year last year i think we might even still see bigger things from uh uh from anderson so uh that's exciting my third team also comes from the al east i got no al west teams in my top three okay uh fuck you but okay my third team is the uh is the toronto blue jays now is that is that just because we 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 both kind of have like a, a slight hard on for vladdy jr well, I think Vladdy is is continued to be on the upswing, of course. of course. Same thing. But the thing is, is that Vladdy had his MVP caliber season last year. You know who hasn't yet on the Blue Jays? Who it's still coming? Who's that? That is Mr. Boba Shet. Boba Shet is still on the upswing. This pitching staff is still very legit. Jose Barrios is down to strike your ass out. Anthony Castro is so fucking nasty coming out of the bullpen. They've got a lot of different options. They've got a massive pitching staff. And then who do they go fucking get this year? Who do they go get but a guy who is a truly MVP caliber player, Matt Chapman, 28 years old. I mean that that is they so you know they they lost uh uh what's his name the second baseman um he he dipped uh god Donaldson no remember oh god why can't he led the MLB in home runs at second base last year I can't think of his name right now um uh, I'm so mad right now that I'm having a blank so but they, they they he's gone and uh and, and, and so they bring in Chapman instead to play third base. Chapman can also play, like, all across the infield if he really needs to. Um, and uh, and and I, I, I love that signing. I mean, I, I truly did think that Chapman at some point was going to win an MVP for the uh, – Well, I, for the A's, and I'm just happy he's actually not in our division anymore. I'm very right. happy that Matt Chapman is not well, <laughs> is not. Well, there. Well, you know, while while the, 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 the rest of the AOS is like making small moves, like the Mariners are trying to get better, you know, the the, 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 the Angels are making some moves to get better, the the A's are like, We are going to be the worst team in the MLB by a long but, shot. But, the, but the, that but I can't I can't I cannot believe that. 
and as a fan of a team who has been in the like the A's have done this, and I'm so fed up. I'm so fed up with the A's. I'm not. I don't like Bay Area teams because I just happen to like a lot of teams that are rivals with Bay Area teams. You know, like I don't like. That's why I don't like the Warriors. Right. The A's are no exception because they do this shit every year. Ab. They they make you believe that. Oh yeah, we're just. We're the A's. We're not going to have it. And all of a sudden, the, you know, they'll start off slow, and you're like, fuck, yeah, this is great. Like, they were, at one point, like, I think, like, the first 10 games of their season last year, they were miserable start. Then they skyrocket out of nowhere to be the best, like, competing with the Astros for the best record in the AL West. They turn it always the fuck on after the All-Star break. So A's fans can absolutely miss me with this bullshit of trying to just be have underwhelming people who fly under the radar. Fuck you guys. You, you that car, I'm not letting you guys play that card anymore. Get absolutely fucked with that. And, that, and that's what they try to do. They, they trick people like you have. They do that because they're assholes. Because Oakland... The Oakland A's are assholes, and they always will be, and I don't like them, and I absolutely have to imagine that, like, we're going to get to mid-August, and the A's are going to be competing for one of the two wildcard spots, if not knocking on the door for the Astros or the Mariners or, God hope, the Angels for the AL West pennant. It's, it's yeah. going to happen. Uh, I just I think the Blue Jays are just monstrous in terms of a hitting lineup, especially. And Kevon Biggio is probably going to be the one that slides over to second base. Uh, uh, it, so that's that's who's going to play second base this year. It was Marcus Simeon they had last year uh, that uh, yeah. that balled out. Yeah, he's you know fantastic second baseman. And How do we he forget did, that one? God damn. I know. I, I I feel bad about myself. But then on top of that, like I said, you know. Uh, Simeon's gone after kind of one year, which was kind of the expectation. Chapman comes in. I wouldn't be surprised if Chapman's only there for a year as well. But it, 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 he could he could absolutely do some work at uh, Rogers Arena. Real quick before we move on, Dom, I want to I, just because I have one, I want you to throw out one too. Mm-hmm. My honorable mention, my like dark horse, you know, in the AL, like the team to be like, and the, you're gonna hate this answer, by the way. Um, the, you know who spent the most amount of money this offseason? I have to imagine it's the fucking Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees. They have not. Okay. All right. The, the Texas Rangers have spent pretty much double the money of anybody else in the MLB this year. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So the fact is, is that the Rangers, they, who knows, maybe it doesn't all click in that first year, but those boys, those boys are spending, spending a lot and, uh, and 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 I just wouldn't be surprised if it if it kind of all clicks for them. I mean, their their roster still isn't like I mean just absolutely unbelievable or anything. But they've got they I mean they've got some really like I mean they are night and day from last year. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I mean, they, they, I mean they they took your boy Marcus Simeon. They, yep. They took him. They, you bring Corey Seager is now your shortstop. And you have Adalas Garcia out in center field. Oh, and then He's former former insane. and then former Angel Cole Calhoun in right field, which I I could care less about. He's gonna he's gonna bat at best two seventy with like. 26 home runs at best. So, like, get, get fucked. Sorry, Cole. What's, but, interesting, um, what's interesting, too, about Simeon and uh, Seager there is that Nick Solak is, like, kind of their, their, like, platoon second baseman, but he's, like, a really solid, like, dude. Like, just an overall, like, a, a really solid ball player. Be curious to see if maybe they go Seager to third base um, and then and, and do that. But they do have Andy Ibanez, who's who's pretty solid third baseman. And, you know, I mean, they got went and got one of my favorite underrated signings of this entire window, I think I brought it up on the podcast like three or four weeks ago. 
I fucking love the fact that they signed John Gray from the uh, from the Rockies. Mm-hmm. I think John Gray is like really super underrated. He, I mean, you have to pitch in Colorado, which is you know, I mean, that's a fool's errand. So now that he's not in Colorado, now that he's at Globe Life or whatever it's well, called, I'm, now, now I he think, doesn't uh, have to worry about routine pot flies becoming fucking like home like three hundred and fifty five foot home runs to the, exactly. to the upper left field fence. Yeah, and actually, uh, Arlington is not an easy stadium to hit a home run out of either. So yeah, that, that's a that's yeah, a good it's it's to your point. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's I I think the Rangers uh, I think the you know everyone's making the playoffs this year, right? You know, I mean that's the only thing with the expanded playoffs is that it's going to be a lot easier to get there. But I, I think the Rangers not only get there, but I could see them making noise too. Um, but uh, Dom, we are running out of time, but I do want to squeeze in a little Evan soccer corner if that's okay. Yeah. No, go ahead because I actually really didn't want to say my honorable mention because I actually thought you were going to. say Oh, I totally team. forgot. I totally no, forgot. No, you're go fine. Ahead. All I'm gonna say is it's the Yankees. It is. Yeah. When when you said Dom, you're not gonna like this. I was like, he's gonna say the Yankees, and I'm gonna have to sit here and we're gonna have to fucking agree on this. But no, I mean the Rangers. Yeah, like I hate the Rangers too, but it's definitely the Yankees. I mean, you you have you have Rizzo. You bring back uh, MVP caliber and DJ LeMayu, uh, Donaldson comes back and plays third. You actually remember this is the second year that Joey Gallo is now playing for the Yankees, not the Rangers anymore. Aaron Correct. Judge is going to be able to play. It's how you know it sounds like. Yeah, and they're going to be just, they're going to be fine. They're just the you know I've talked to a few Yankees fans in the past week or two, and there's a lot of people that still think that you know they haven't gotten better where they need to. They're like, don't get me wrong, Anthony Rizzo is awesome. It's awesome to have it back, but is Anthony Rizzo a top five first baseman in the MLB anymore? Eh, not really these days. I mean, Aaron Judge, if he plays like last year again, he's a top five player in the MLB pretty much. I mean, it, you know, so so you know they need Judge to light it up. They need to you know they never went and got you know. Isaiah Kiner Falefa is their shortstop. He's not a fantastic hitter, so there's some concern there, I think. Yeah. But you know, you know, Josh Donaldson's at least good for some pop at third base. So, um, yeah, man. But enough, uh, enough about the uh, the baseball. It's time about to talk about the football. Uh, we've we've got America, America. The USA taking on. <laughs> this is where we need. This is where we need that soundbite of like uh, Joey Coco Diaz, a comedian. Go. St- the national anthem plays. Stand up, you cocksuckers. Get up. Put your hands on the hot. hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that is. It, it's the one time of year that I. It's the one of the few days of the year that I demand you do that because the U.S. plays Mexico tonight. We've got a World Cup qualifying match. It's going to be a big, big deal. Of course, you know, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm also going to be flipping back and forth between the March Madness. I'm aware. I'm aware that we got some great March Madness tonight. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, dude, like we, 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 it's U.S. versus Mexico, folks. It's U.S. versus Mexico, folks. No, uh, honestly, though, it's funny. This they actually might run out the B team tonight. Get ready for that. If you're if you're a Ooh, casual uh, U.S. soccer, the, the U.S. might run out the B team. Right. So here's the deal: the U.S. has to play Mexico, and then they still have to play Panama too. Winning against Panama is a six point swing that locks up the World Cup spot. It locks it up. It's done. That being said, if you if in, but if you go win against Mexico and then you lose or draw against Panama, they're still very much in it. Like it is still very much a race. So. Winning tonight is not as important as winning uh, against um, against Panama. So you know, of course, go do that first. But hey, 
let's go beat Mexico too. Why not? The only problem is, is that it's at the Estadio Azteca. It is in Mexico City. It is going to be a roarous affair because Mexico can also clinch World Cup qualif- World Cup spot tonight too with a win. So I think they're going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's going to be Mexico sending out their A team. It's going to be as crazy as an as atmosphere as you can find in uh, in Mexico. But uh, you know, it's if the U.S. loses tonight, don't don't panic. But it definitely puts it on for Sunday when they take on Panama in the U.S. It's going to be such a huge deal. That's going to be a make or break. But but winning tonight and you go draw on Sunday, you're in the World Cup. There's no doubt. You lose tonight, and you go win on Sunday. You're pretty much on the world. You're pretty much in the World Cup. It's uh, it's locked at that point. So so they say the U.S. wins tonight but loses to Panama. They that doesn't get them the spot. So if they lose tonight and then win against Panama, they're they're in. Because how it works, right? So the top three teams qualify for the World Cup in the hex. Mm-hmm. The U.S. has, uh, I believe, three more games left. Let me just double check. Four more World Cup qualifying matches. But the thing is, is that Panama and... Uh, or, no, 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 no. I'm being dumb. Hold on. Give me one second. It's three. It's three. I knew it was okay. three. I just need to uh, double check. I'm, I, I, the, yeah, so... Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just double-checking, making sure I don't get this wrong. Yeah, so three. So, uh, gotcha. the deal is this. The reason why this, why it's shaking out like this is that Mexico is right under the U.S., or it, it, in, in, and it's only in goal differential. They're actually tied on points. If Mexico beats the U.S. tonight, U.S. stays at 21 points. Even if Panama wins, the U.S. is still in third. But if the U.S. wins tonight and then loses to Panama, it's still pretty much the same result. But you kind of open the window for Panama to maybe slip in there if they go three straight wins, or, or you know, if if you it, 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 you know, anyway. So it's uh it's it's mostly fine. You know, the U.S. just needs to think a win out of the next three games, and they ought to be in. They ought to lock it up. So okay, they they tried out the B team tonight. You you were you look for a draw against Mexico, then you come that would be pretty save, good. Save save the starters for Panama. Go open up a can of whoop ass back in the states against Panama. Then you're good. You're golden. You're we're, we're talking. Well, World that's Park. that's part of the deal that we're talking about too. Is that it's called getting Concacaft, as in nice. I like when that. you when you are playing <laughs> when you're when you're playing in like the foreign countries of the Concacaf. Dude, the pitch quality, the refing, all that different stuff, it's all lower quality than like top level pro soccer. You know what I mean? Like club mm-hmm. soccer. So, what can end up happening, right, is that, you know, the U.S., you know, when they went and lost to Trinidad and Tobago, you know, they had two injuries in that match. Like, that's how they didn't get into the World Cup in 2020, was losing that match. Like, it's kind of the same deal here where, you know, when you're playing stateside, you feel a lot more confident in CONCACAF. That's why the game against Panama matters even more is because that game is stateside. Costa Rica and Mexico, when they play them, uh, you know, they play Mexico tonight, they play Costa Rica next week on Wednesday. Those are both out of the country. You really don't want to be going into Costa Rica with anything to prove. You want to have it locked up. That's why winning, you know, winning against Panama would be the best way to do that. Winning tonight pretty much does the same thing too, although it allows for some like shenanigans. Um, but uh, but but you you want to go into that last match against Costa Rica with nothing to prove. You want that to be locked up. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So yeah, that's kind of the situation. You know, go go support. You know, go go support your uh, your 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 United States tonight. They play at 10 p.m., folks. So 10 p.m. Eastern. So it's not like you know you're gonna just uh, you know it's not like it's going head to head. Um, granted, the, you know, the basketball games also start, one of them starts at 10 Eastern, so whatever. 
But uh, if you don't care about Houston, Arizona, um, or Texas Tech Duke, Shit. which Kelvin Sampson, what the fuck? I know, I know. Why they have to do that? Why they have? To well, do that? that's why we. That's why we buy multiple TVs. That's why you have a computer screen and a TV screen, and you just flip back and forth, and uh, you make it happen. Um, Dom, I'm about to cough my brains out if we don't get out of here. Yeah, no, it's 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 time it's time to wrap it up. Uh, he he's got to go get some Robitussin. Uh, Ev, we'll wrap it up, but I do need. Uh, can you hold it together for the social media plug real quick? I think so, Dom. They can go check us out. JK, I'm not going to do that. Um, they can uh, check us out on Down and Out Podcast on Twitter. That's an in in between the words Down and Out. Um, and, uh, you can go on there, see when we, uh, you know, when, when we, uh, when we're sharing episodes, when we got stuff to say, when, when we're making jokes about each other, um, you know, that's a, that's a great place to do that. And then at the same time, uh, you can go over to the Spotify app, the Apple podcast app, the Stitcher app, wherever you listen to this podcast set and give us a five-star review. That's what we shoot for because you know, that, uh, that makes us looks good. Uh, if someone comes in and they say, Oh, you know, I've never seen this podcast before. I wonder if it's any good. They see a bunch of five-star reviews. They're going to think, Oh, nice. Okay, I can give this a shot. So, uh, yeah. you know, go go uh, go do that. It means a lot to us when you do that. So, uh, uh, thank you. Well, yeah, we greatly greatly appreciate that. We'd also greatly appreciate if you go show some love to JD Masters and Buddha. Man of the Mirrors, our intro outro song you're hearing right now. Uh, go show them some love at YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, anywhere you stream our podcast, anywhere you stream your music. You can go find our boys, JD Masters and Buddha, friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, let's go. Let's go get you some medical attention. It's time to wrap it up. Uh, any parting words to give to the people? Um, uh, just thanks for listening. Uh, go Braves. Um, go Braves and uh, uh, go Hawks. Those are the two teams that are playing right now. So go, go, go Atlanta, baby. Right to the ATL, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you back next week. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been down and out. And until next time, Ariba Darchi. Later. Wish I might accept the offer because I want to grind like cars and give the trophies to my mama. Make them sweat like a sauna because act like I can't. Then I'm gonna spit like a llama. Take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga. So check me out. Feel me up and watch me bounce because the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse. Switch places, change faces. Now we'll who runs a house trust hip hop more than bitches so i'ma take her as a spouse or at least a concubine if in front of my god feel divine i'ma grab it like a shield and i make it shine because when i'm polished i'll abolish if you cross the line that's how i am feeling keep growing like a giant go through the ceiling man in the mirror doubled up now you all the fuck we go again but when we stop blazing boom boom pow pow what you gonna do now especially when i bring the energy like it's a powwow besides find a man page your face cause you a damn clown look around only one that isn't on my wagon now the name is buddha bitch damn uh look around only one that isn't on my wagon now